0: Presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Around the state and around the world, it's time to talk LSU fighting Tiger baseball. This is The Jay Johnson Show, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Kravinsky drives one deep down the line
1: in left. This ball, stay fair, it
2: will.
0: The very latest on LSU baseball and your chance to talk with a Tigers head coach. To join the show, just dial 225 578 4827 in Baton Rouge or toll free from anywhere at 1 800 315 8255. You can also tweet a question for Coach Johnson at LSU Radio. Cold strike three struck him out. Tigers win, Tigers win. Here is your host, the voice of your Fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Good Monday
1: night, Tiger fans. Once again, welcome into the Jay Johnson Show. It's great to have a crowd here at TJ Ribs. those of you listening wherever you are tonight. LSU, believe it or not, now with just two more SEC weekends remaining. Total of eight remaining regular season games. This week starts a five-game homestand beginning with Northwestern State at the box tomorrow night. First pitch at 6.30. Of course, a tough weekend for the Tigers on the road at Auburn. Tonight, we'll look back, discuss that series loss. We'll talk about hitting. We'll talk about pitching. We'll talk about defense. And as always, anything that's on your mind regarding LSU baseball. To join the show, easy to do. Here in Baton Rouge, dial us up, 225-578-4827. Toll free from anywhere, 1-800-315-8255. And, of course, you can send a question for the coach via Twitter at LSU Radio. So get ready for the next hour. We're talking Fighting Tiger baseball. Coach Johnson is here. He's going to join us next after this quick break on the LSU Sports Radio Network.
0: Have a question for Coach Johnson? The phone lines are open in Baton Rouge, (laughs) 225-578-4827. Toll free from anywhere at 1-800-315-8255. Tweet a question at LSU Radio. This is the Jay Johnson Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back here at TJ Ribs, of
1: course, official barbecue restaurant of LSU Athletics, home to our LSU Head Coaches Shows, located where we are each week, Acadian Thruway and Segan Lane, and, of course, online at TJRibs.com. Uh, Again, hard to believe, and I say it every year, and I know you guys probably get tired of hearing it, but time flies when you're having fun, and this is our next-to-last Jay Johnson show of the year. So just a quick plug, next week, hope to have you back here Monday at 6 o'clock. But we got a full show here tonight, so let's get to it. Please welcome to the show our head baseball coach, Jay Johnson, everybody. Coach, it's uh, always great to see you. I know it's a tough weekend, as I mentioned, out of the uh, beginning of tonight's show, Uh, but this past weekend is just that, the past. Two important series coming up, two important midweek games. Everything this team set as goals to begin the year clearly still out in front of them for the taking. And those opportunities
3: and that, that opportunity continues tomorrow night. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, again, hat tip to our players uh, to go this deep into the season without losing a series, particularly in this conference at this time. Um, obviously, didn't play our best this weekend. Had a great win on Friday night in a really tough game. Saturday, uh, man, we were up 2-0, and you know you got the bases loaded, nobody out, two best hitters in the country coming up, and all year we've kind of come through and got separation. We didn't, and uh, credit Auburn for for winning a tight 8-6 game, and then. They beat the brakes out of us yesterday, and um, that can happen in the league. But uh, knowing our players and the character of our players, we're really looking forward to this week and and getting back out there and getting after it. I know a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, uh, and I asked you a moment ago about goals,
1: and I know that's a very important word in your mind and for this team and any of your teams that you've coached over the years. You've talked about it before, but why is that word important, that specific word, and how can that word be very crucial and important uh, when things go well
3: and when things maybe don't go so well in the, in the game of college baseball? Yeah, I think uh, both short-term and long-term are important. And uh, clearly where our team wants to finish is in Omaha, Nebraska, the same as everybody, and have a chance to compete for a national championship. But more importantly is how we do that and how we get there and being really consistent, um, fundamentally being very consistent, being competitive and being consistent, at bringing the right team showing up every day. is really important, and these guys have done that. And you have to, you know, just for survival in the SEC, let alone be in position to compete for an SEC championship or to host a regional, super regional, to give you a chance to get to the College World Series. So uh, we'll keep it right back to the short term, and that's been a really good model for us and really, really excited about the week ahead. You know, it's one of the things I
1: love, and I actually told my kids about this a couple of weeks ago, the difference between goals, hopes, dreams, and wishes – uh, again, we have all of those, but it's, I think, maybe easier to, to concentrate on the work and the, the processes you talked about when you
3: have goals as opposed to wishes and hopes. Yeah, that's it. If you, If you don't put the work or the action towards them, then that's all that they are. And if you really have a goal, you're willing to do the things that it takes or the steps along the way to achieve those. And I would bet on the character of our team all day, every day, because they've shown a consistent effort. And I have no doubt, you know, and really the first, you know, kind of back-to-back adverse games that we've had. I think it's the first time we've lost two games all year. I have no problem with what the attitude will be when we show up at the park tomorrow and get prepared to play Northwestern State, and then when we show up on Wednesday and Thursday to prepare for Mississippi State. And uh, that's something I have a lot of confidence in, and um, really looking forward to doing that. Well,
1: I made sure I gave you credit for it. I didn't, I didn't take credit <laughs> for it when I told the kids that. Uh, You've had so much success thus far this season, looking forward to more uh, as we move along. And when that happens, uh, teams are successful. I imagine it's easy for there to be a lot of harmony uh, in the dugout, in the locker room, in the clubhouse. Everybody enjoys winning. Um, And we often refer to teams as family or family units. And just like families, there's going to be disagreements, there's going to be disappointments, there's going to be frustrations, but when the chips are down, families – Uh, stand together. Um, What did you sense from your team? And I know it's only been a little over 24 hours, uh, not even 24 hours when we got back uh, yesterday. But what did you get a sense coming away from the weekend from the team slash family?
3: Well, I think uh, they were a little bit um, didn't know how to respond at first because it's the first time that it's happened. And, uh, again, that's a remarkable accomplishment that it's taken to May to lose a series with the schedule that we've played. But then after that, it was very like, hey, we'll address what we need to do to play better um, when we get back, which we'll do, and you we'll know, start our meeting with tomorrow. But they also had a lot of final exams. And when we got back to the park last night, we had some guys hustling to their cars or trucks to get back to get some schoolwork done. Uh, I made the decision to give them today off to get you know, a handle on all of that and then show up with a clear mind ready to compete. Uh, Tomorrow, Uh, We have their attention all the time as far as doing the things that we need to do to improve. And when you have, you know, high aspirations for what you want to accomplish, they know what it takes to do that, and we'll get back invested in that this week. Last question before
1: we go to break, and then coming up we'll have a couple of callers uh, that we'll bring into the show. Uh, I know I'm guilty of it. I'm a member of the media. Uh, Fans, of course, the great thing about LSU is the fan support and the enthusiasm uh that lsu fans have for all their teams certainly for lsu baseball i i know you met with the media earlier today and i listened to you talk to them and you said hey guys the, the team myself the staff everybody involved wasn't were not happy with the results but there is a certain five-letter word that is never used in our program and excuse me coach that word for everybody is panic and uh i thought you explained it nicely that again As you pointed out, you've gone a long way with a lot of success this season, but there's no need for panic.
3: Yeah, I think uh, something that we talk about with the players all the time is if we're going to be successful and achieve some of those goals that we have, we need to be a no-drama program. And the word panic kind of falls under the drama category for me. Uh, We're going to be intense. We're going to be focused. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to attack the day. That's having a plan. And that's kind of the area we fall under. And if, if you start and go down this road that other people do, it, it serves no purpose, and it, it's, it's really drama. And, you know, coming here, I mean, from day one of last year, it's just like, hey, you want to get to the top. We need to be a no-drama program, and, and we've done that. And, and I think that's why you're sitting here in a really good position to play postseason baseball at Alex Box, contend for a championship. And uh, it's a group of players that everybody can be really proud of because they have the maturity and the self-discipline not to go sideways when things go sideways. Absolutely. All right. We're just
1: getting started here tonight with the coach. We're live from TJ Ribs. We've got more coming up. Go to the phone lines next. We'll look back to this past weekend and then put our focus on this week's challenges for LSU baseball. So stay with us. More coming up. Jay Johnson show live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network.
0: Our weekly visit with the LSU Skipper. Join the show by dialing 225 578 4827 in Baton Rouge or toll free 1 800 315 8255. You can tweet a question live at LSU Radio. This is The Jay Johnson Show, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Great to be back with you here on this Monday
1: night. A reminder, the Tigers in action tomorrow night. Northwestern State coming into the box. First pitch, 630. Airtime here on the network comes your way at 6 o'clock. Then later on in the week, it's another SEC series. The final regular season SEC series here in 2023 as Mississippi State will come calling. Let's go to the phone lines again, as promised. Our faithful listener, Brad, from West Virginia. You're up first tonight. Brad, you're on with Coach Jay Johnson.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, uh, real quick, Chris, I want to do a promo for your YouTube broadcast. I I used it this weekend to sync (laughs) up the the game. It was excellent, much better than the local yoga. But anyway, it was great. Well, thank you. A couple questions. Coach, how does the rules committee work? Um, Are the coaches involved? Like how does one, you know, go about to make sure, let's just say, for example, you wanted to add, you know, what is a balk and, you know, to, to be a reviewable call? So how would that go about being changed in the off season? And then my second question is, how do you evaluate like how or when you might add a new pitch to a pitcher? Like for example, let's say Helmers, you know, solid guy, pitches, you know, you know, does does his job, but let's say you wanted to amp his game up and like maybe teach him how to throw a splitter, you teach him how to throw a splitter and somehow for some reason it becomes an amazing pitch for him. So how do you, like, how do you evaluate how to, to get a new pitch for, for a pitcher?
3: Yeah, a couple good questions. As far as the rules thing, that usually runs through the ABCA, which is the American Baseball Coaches Association. They have a rules committee, and they take feedback from all of us throughout the year if there's something like we'd like to present uh, for a potential change. And then they work together with the NCAA umpires, talk about it, and then usually that association makes a, a change on it. Um, with some, you know, work from the NCAA also. As far as adding a, a pitch, there's a couple of things that go into that, is is the pitcher commanding the baseball and throwing enough strikes with the stuff that they have to where it makes sense. And then, you know, hitting is about seeing the ball. Uh, pitching is about creating deception. And does the stuff that the pitcher has in place already, does that uh, complement the new pitch that you want to add? You know, for instance, like if a guy has a good – uh, running fastball that, that sinks down and in, you know, but a cutter going the other way works. So the hitter, you know, has to make a late decision on what they're going to do as far as swing and, and try to get weak contact. So can they command the ball good enough? And does it create enough deception with the stuff that they already have? And, and can you mix those things together to make it harder on the hitter? All right, Brad, thanks for listening.
1: And, again, uh, thanks for two good questions. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, i got to tell you, looking at my clock here, I'm up on a hard break. So what do you okay. got for Coach Johnson? we got to move fast.
2: Okay, Coach, uh, one, I just, I just wanted an observation I have, because all great championship teams, the unsung heroes are the ones that win it. We know what, what schemes and crews and the likes can do. But I think this team will go as far as the Ty Floyds, the Jordan Thompson. The Cray Morgans, uh, you know, and the likes will take them because I think when, if, when Ty has a good game, it really helps the pitching staff out. And I think that's what, after what unfortunate ha- bad luck had to him, it, you know, Saturday, uh, it carried over to Sunday and everything. But when he pitched, when, uh, you know, he's pitching great and he just has had some bad luck. So that's just my observation. I'm just interested in your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I mean, those guys that you all mentioned, I don't see them as, like, you know, role players. I see them as marquee players for us. But I agree with you. When tie is great, we usually win. You know, when Jordan plays well or if we have a big win, Jordan or Trey are, are two of the most clutch hitters that you could ever ask for. And I'm certainly glad they're here. Both of them improved a lot over the last two years. And, you know, looking at that that trio of players that you talked about gives me a lot of peace of mind about, where we're headed over the next few weeks all right charlie good to hear from you and great job that was very 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 quick coach uh
1: going to friday's game one uh last weekend solid battle on the diamond if you love baseball i mean it was a great battle good news was lsu got the win three to nothing in the shutout uh it had the excitement had tension it had drama and oh, of course it had paul Skeens on the mound and as dominant as he has been all season arguably and i say that in in quote air quotes his best night for you and the tigers the location the pitch mix he had a career high 15 strikeouts i mean it was it was fun to
3: watch him on the mound friday yeah i think he executed at a really high level and i think that game's gonna actually help him going forward if it makes sense that he could even be better in terms of executing what he did with his slider and his changeup and the fastball coming in at a 98 and him throwing it where he wanted. I, I don't know how you deal with all of that. And, <laughs> um, you know, he's been hard to deal with. And what a great performance by him. I thought he attacked the strike zone. I looked up in the third inning and the pitch count was low. And uh, obviously I knew that gave us a great chance uh, to get, you know, deep into the game, which he did. I think that's as, as far as he's gone this year in seven and a third. And, you know, did that with just over 100 pitches. So great, great job by Paul. And then, Nate came in and did a great job and finished up that inning, you know, easily. And then Thatcher in the ninth was outstanding. So, really proud of the pitching staff on Friday.
1: You know, a couple of weeks ago after that South Carolina, uh, well, two-game series, I asked you about his increasing use of the secondary pitch and locating the breaking balls for strikes, uh, both swinging and both called. Uh, This past Friday, I mean, just watching it, I could be wrong, it seemed it it was a very good almost half and half, maybe not quite half, uh, of using – uh, the breaking pitches. The question, obviously, uh, it helps, and you guys do all the analytics and study, and It's based on who you're playing in the lineup. But is it also due to his in, uh, the development of those secondary pitches this season uh, that we've seen a lot more of them?
3: Yeah, no doubt. And, and all the credit to Paul and, and to pitching coach Wes Johnson. When he got here, we had a pretty aggressive plan to improve the slider. Um, obviously, not having him be a two-way player, I think has tremendously benefited him as a pitcher in terms of the energy he has in his body. Um, He's only rotating one way, you know, from the mound instead of swinging also. And um, they've put together a good plan to develop that secondary stuff. And now we saw that in full force on Friday. And like I said, I mean, if he just had his fastball, he could win and get outs. If he just had a slider, he could win and get outs. And the changeup was spectacular this weekend. So, that's a lot to deal with and a really really impressive performance. You know, I've been talking about what an imposing figure
1: he is on the mound, number 1 because of his stature, number 2 because of he throws uh, you know, over 100 miles an hour, but I had a chance to sit near him at breakfast on Saturday morning. Actually, it was Friday morning. And I realized what a mountain of a man he is. I mean, he is I talk about, he's not imposing on the mound. He's imposing inside the team breakfast room.
3: Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you kind of a funny story about that. Like, I flew out to Colorado to meet with him a couple of days after, you know, he went in the transfer portal, and I was just sitting in my car waiting for to get to the restaurant we were going to meet at, and he got out of the car, and I was like, oh, my goodness, is that Paul or is that a basketball center, <laughs> uh, you know, right now? And, um, yeah, he, and he's put in a ton of work on his body. He does everything right as far as – when the outing is over on Friday, to the next Friday of recovery, of lifting, strength and conditioning, throwing, arm care, training room, bullpen improvement, you know, game prep as far as video and and preparing. He's he's the best player I've had at looking at the opponent and doing his own work on top of what Wes and I do to help him get prepared. This is, this guy's just exceptional in every sense of the word.
1: I told Bill Frankes when we were headed to the ballpark Friday. I said, Bill, I know he's going to have a long storied career. Uh, in professional baseball but man oh man he could make some money in the wwe because he, he literally i think could be a force within the ropes there coming off the top rope Yeah, oh i wouldn't want to be there all right we're going to take a break we come back we'll go back to the phone lines we'll continue to talk about this past weekend and then set you up for this week's competition for lsu it starts tomorrow night northwestern state coming to the box first pitch at six thirty. so stay with us more to come live from tj ribs on the lsu sports radio network
0: The phone lines are open in Baton Rouge, 225-578-4827 or toll-free 1-800-315-8255. Tweet a question live at LSU Radio. Back with more on the Jay Johnson Show, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network want to remind you, fans, when the Tigers win, you win. Enter promo
1: code LSU50 the day after an LSU baseball win. You'll receive 50% off your online order at papajohns.com. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Coach, before we move on to uh, the rest of the weekend, I did want to mention Trey Morgan because I thought Trey, in a 3 nothing game, uh, you gave him a ton of credit as uh, as well as Paul Skeens, who we've already talked about. But he made a couple of really great plays in uh, in the outfield, and then all three runs come off his
3: bat. Yeah, that was big. I mean, Gavin got hit with a pitch to start the game, and the next pitch was a ball, and then Trey got a 1-0 fastball and stayed short in a swing, and one of the best swings I've ever seen him take, and to get us off to a 2-0 start, and, you know, with the guy we have pitching, sometimes that might feel like 4, 5, or 6 to the Mm -hmm. other team, and then another big RBI single with two strikes, not trying to do too much, Uh, really happy to see him have a game like that. I think he gets overlooked a little bit because we have a few of those other guys on our team, but... He's a great player, and uh, he's one I'm going to certainly miss when he's not here anymore, but uh, great game on Friday for Trey. No doubt about it, uh, and I say it all the time. It seems like I don't take him for granted,
1: but he's been so solid for three years that sometimes I do, again, when you've got new people coming in, making an impact on a team, but it's nice to have uh, solid Trey Morgan uh, wearing the purple and gold. Let's go out to the phone line. Jed's been waiting patiently from Gretna. Jed, you're on with Coach Jay Johnson. Jed yep, you're
0: here. Go yeah. ahead. I'm here. How are y'all doing tonight? Great. i got a question. Uh, during that debacle, did uh, you say Coach Bush Thompson did that on purpose after you turned and walked away just to knock Floyd off of his game? because it sure looked like it?
3: Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, they got to second and third no outs, and then Ty uh, got a quick strikeout uh, so they didn't get the guy in and then quickly got ahead in the count, and then all hell broke loose right there. So, you know, hey, hat tip to him and um, had a conversation with Ty about it, and uh, we got an idea of how we would approach something like that next time. Um, you know, I, I do it a little bit different way sometimes, but disrupting the pitcher's rhythm is is part of the game, and um, we got to make sure that he's, he's prepared to deal with that. And, um, you know, Butch is a good coach. I mean, you know, everybody in this league is good, but – You know, for two years, um, Auburn's been hard to play. And, um, you know, they had their team ready to play this weekend, and he did everything he could. Again, thanks, Jed, for the call. You kind of lead me to
1: my next question, and that is game two. Uh, It looked like a miniature Paul Skeens out there with Ty Floyd to start the game. I think the first 11 outs recorded uh, by Auburn, nine strikeouts for Ty. When you evaluate a game like that, and, again, I know you said you talked to him about being able to, to keep the distractions away. But how do you as a staff look at it and go, okay, these first three innings, man, that's perfect. Things kind of got off the rails there in the fourth inning, and then eventually he just unable to get it back on the road. But are you able to
3: take a look at those in two segments, or do you judge them all as one outing? No, I mean, I look at everything really critically. And if you go back to the Ole Miss outing, it's probably the best outing of his career. You know, he went eight and a third. Great performance. Uh, against Alabama, wasn't a good outing, but he did get us out of a tough jam in the first inning, which allowed us to come back and win the game against a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, and, and this one, that first time through the order was pretty remarkable. I'm sitting down and looking at my chart and I was like, wait a minute, that's seven strikeouts in a row. I don't know that I've seen that, you know, um, anytime, let alone uh, this year, you know, with Paul or anybody like that. So, I thought it was great. I think, um, you know, it just it, – the, the three or four walks in a row and losing command like that, like he's not certainly trying to do that. And, um, you know, I, I can separate it, though. I liked how he landed the breaking ball for a strike. I liked how he walked it down to the bottom and got him to chase it. His fastball is obviously great. If he puts that together, um, he's going to be really tough to deal with, and that's going to be great for our team. And, again, I've, I've kind of stood behind him. I would bet on him to continue to do that, and we're going to see more of what we saw early in that game here in the coming weeks from Ty. All right, so uh, don't
1: kill the question asker, as it were, but I know it's one of the last things you want to talk about, and that is there in the bottom of the fourth inning. Ty's cruising along. Uh, I will say it because I thought there was a balk that was missed earlier in the game. Um, And then suddenly I thought, and we've all seen Ty's great move. He's got one of the better right-handed moves to first base you'll see in college baseball, and it was a close play at first. They rule a balk. Uh, and then an ejection happens, and then I guess the worst part, Coach, is that it was unclear, there was a lot of confusion, and then that turned into between you guys and the umpires and Auburn and the umpires, I mean, probably, what, 10, 12 minutes total when you take both of those episodes together?
3: Yeah, and again, you know, um, the the balk in the top of the inning ultimately did cost us a run. I mean, had everything played out the same, maybe two, because both runners would have moved up into scoring position And I thought it was very easy to see. And uh, with all four of them missing it, I thought that was unacceptable. Uh, So to miss that one and then to call ties, I thought, like, wait a minute. Like, I I don't feel great about that. So that's really what set me off. I mean, honestly, had the play happened or had play had not happened in the top half of the inning, I don't even know that I would have argued it. Um, I probably would have gone out there and said he has one of the best pickoff moves in the country, has great feed, was a great shortstop in high school, so you need to explain to me why you, you called it. But, uh, you know, given the events at the top of the inning, that's kind of what set me off and set the rest of our dugout off. And and then they ejected somebody in a gray shirt. And so everybody else in the uh, – <laughs> don't clap yet. Um <laughs> Ejected somebody with a gray shirt. Well, I turned over and looked at the dugout, and our director of uh, video and analytics, Jamie Tetko, doesn't wear a uniform. He has a gray shirt on. So I'm like, him? And I was like, okay. So I went on, Jamie, hey, you're out of here. And then they came back and, and said it was Coach Jordan. And so I was upset because it's like you're ejecting somebody, but you're not really clear who you were ejecting. So why are you ejecting them? And, and then Josh Jordan, our assistant coach, I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard him curse at anybody or say a curse word. So I was like, man, maybe he showed some emotion and the guy heard me because I definitely did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a, it was an unfortunate deal. And, and for me, like, there's a lot of intentionality in terms of how we operate as a staff and what everybody's job and role is during the game. And uh, you have to be able to overcome those. And, um, you know, but, but it, it does have an effect and it does matter. And so for them to be unsure about taking a key part of our staff off the field. Um, I just wish they would have been a little bit more clear about it. Then that prevents the 12-minute delay with the argue. So um, it had a factor in the game. And, again, I'll say this. I think the umpiring in our league is really, really good. I think that situation could have been handled a lot better. Uh, I told Bill
1: Frankes that's the fastest I've seen anybody ejected from a game. So I told him – May not want to criticize. We, were, we weren't that high up from home plate. So I said, Bill, you better not criticize. They may throw you or me out of here. Or maybe they'd throw him out but accidentally point at me, and then I'd be tossed out of the game. Um, after the tough fourth inning, though, I, again, I talked about game two being a battle. You guys able to get back-to-back doubles. You got White. You got Thompson. Suddenly you guys regained the lead again and had that mini-meeting I saw in the dugout before you guys came out to, uh, to hit there in the top of the fifth um but as much as that fourth inning which was obviously a big moment in the game unfortunately the sixth inning proved more costly two walks to start that inning later a hit batter auburn would plate four runs on three hits they would run their way out of the inning but they did regain the lead 7 to 4 how how big and how costly
3: was the sixth inning yeah, it was tough and you know going backwards is a good show of poise of our team you know getting out of that top of the fourth at only 3-2 really nice job by Gavin Guidry to come in and strike it out and keep it at get the strikeout and keep it at 3-2. And then, you know, our hitters, our hitters come up, and then, boom, we're right back on top, 4-3. We bring Javen Coleman into the game. He immediately puts up a zero. So it's like, boom, we're in our character. We're right on brand. And then, Javen, you know, we're, we're kind of pushing him, but he's kind of he's still coming back off of a, a major injury. And he just he hit a wall in that second inning, which kind of surprised us because he got through 45 pitches relatively easy last week against Alabama. And he just he lost command of the ball, walked the two – first two guys put us in a tough spot and then we just didn't execute with a couple relievers there after that and and found ourselves down seven to four and and competed fine for the rest of the game but um yeah the uh i think it was the bottom of the six that was that was the difference in the game
1: again lsu as coach said would have an opportunity there they battled back made it interesting late just unable to make it happen Uh, a tough loss and it would be a quick turnaround as that one started at eight o'clock one of the longest games of the year I think the team probably didn't get settled in back in the hotel till maybe 1, 1.30, and then uh, a 1 o'clock start later that day. We'll continue with more on the Jay Johnson Show. We'll finish up uh, talking about the Auburn series, and then we'll find out about the Demons in Northwestern State before we wrap it up right here from T.J. Ribbs on the LSU Sports Radio Network.
0: lsu baseball every monday night at seven this is the jay johnson show live from tj ribs on the lsu sports radio network
1: back here on this monday night lsu in action tomorrow night they'll take on northwestern state at the box with first pitch at 6 30 and coach i only going to mention a little bit about yesterday's game then we will move on lsu got up Dugas uh, with a leadoff home run, one to nothing LSU. Then, unfortunately, a little bit like the fourth, a little bit like the sixth the, de- the night before, uh, the bottom of the first inning, Auburn scores six runs, two hits, six walks
3: in the inning, and, and that's a tough hole to get out of early. Yeah, it was a bad inning, and, um, you know, on to the next.
1: <laughs> and it leads me to what I thought was the silver lining. I think a lot of fans would agree with me that, Again, Christian Little struggles, unable to record an out. You go to Griffin Herring, who had been really good for you at times, just wasn't there yesterday, unable to get an out. You go to the freshman out of Lake Charles, Gavin Gidry. Not only does he get you the first out, he gets you three outs to put out the fire. And I remember remarking on the air to Bill, just watching his poise, watching his focus, and his ability as a true freshman to block out the fact that these runs have been given up, There's a big hole. It was like the game had just started. He was locked in on the batter, and he gives you a solid performance, one that you really needed, and I think is going to help him out. Um, Again, uh, went three and a third, gave up three runs. Only one of them earned. There were a couple of uh, costly errors there. Uh, But he was my positive takeaway uh, from Sunday.
3: Yeah, Gavin did a great job. Again, he's done a good job for us. Um, Like I said, on Saturday he came in and, and got us out of a really tough spot. And then uh, to pitch as well as he did on on Sunday was a great lift. Uh, It was definitely the bright spot of that game. And, you know, he's what we need right now relative to competitiveness and and strike throwing. You know, that obviously was the difference in losing on Saturday and Sunday. And so um, excited to continue to get him back out there. Again, uh, wasn't in the cards for LSU on Sunday,
1: but I go back to last week, Coach, in our very last segment, you said to us, hey, Auburns, and uh, don't forget that they've been to the College World Series here a couple of times in the last three years. Uh, they also have SEC talent. And and while I knew going into the weekend that they had struggled a little bit with their pitching staff, that was not evident over the weekend. I know you gave them credit following each game, including the win on Friday uh, when LSU got the 3 nothing victory. Was there anything surprising about uh, the pitching staff or the performance they had out of the bullpen, or were there some things that LSU, your own team, maybe maybe didn't help themselves when they were at the plate?
3: Yeah, I thought um, we missed pitches that we have been hitting, and uh, you know, a few more foul balls than usual. Um, they did a good job of, you know, throwing multiple pitches in the inside the strike zone, and um, you know, did a good job of disrupting timing a little bit, uh, but. Hey, you know, it's that's baseball, and again, it's it's hard to criticize this offense through 47 games or however many we've played. Um, but, yeah, I saw some good arms, and it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, maybe those guys should have been pitching better a little bit a little bit sooner because it, it's not a talent issue over there. And they executed this weekend, and, um, you know, the free bases, you know, obviously, for, and that's not a surprise to our players. And, you know, the free base war is something we grade ourselves on every game. It, it went in their favor this weekend because of their pitchers attacked the zone, and, and ours didn't, and, and that's the difference in the series.
1: Yeah, you've said many times on this show that very similar to uh, the battle in the trenches in football, it's who dominates the strike zone, either the hitters or the pitchers. Uh, and again, I thought Auburn did an excellent job of pounding the strike zone uh, most of the weekend, starters uh, and relievers. Let's go back out to the LSU Sports mobile app, Coach. Zach writes in, uh, following this past weekend, obviously you want to win every game. But following the first series loss and the first time losing back-to-back, did you feel like your message to the team not only yesterday but leading into this week had to be
3: different? You know, we talked about, um, you know, what do we need to do? You know, I, I don't – as much surprise as this would come to probably everybody, uh, it's not a motivation thing with this team. I think uh, we did not play great. So I tend to focus on the things we need to do to play better. Well, that's maybe we as coaches make some personnel adjustments. Maybe we make a couple preparation adjustments to help guys get where they need to be mentally or physically. And uh, what I want is a team that can get their legs underneath them, that can have their mind underneath them, and really play their best to the end of the season. And um, it's something we've had to pay attention to because you know we played really well early. you know, and, and we've played consistently well throughout the year. And the other part is not having a few key members of those pitching staffs um, there was a weekend like this that it was probably going to happen. You know whether you know I want to admit that or not. Um, it didn't make sleeping any easier last night. That's for darn sure. But um, you know I, I have total faith in our players' response in terms of how they'll prepare and how they'll compete in the games this weekend. And uh, if you have that, you usually feel pretty good about the result with this group. Tanner wrote in, in Addis from Addis,
1: Louisiana, asking. Is there any possibility in changing up the weekend rotation beginning as soon as this week? Uh, is there any changes possibly in the lineup or position
3: players moving forward? Well, I don't typically just in case somebody listens to the Jay Johnson Show in uh, Starkville, <laughs> Mississippi, like to. <laughs> oh, put, there are tons of put, listeners. Yeah, right. put that uh, put that out there on a Tuesday. But we're always evaluating it, and you know, uh, I treat every game like the seventh game of the World Series, every game like the Super Bowl, and. That's how we'll play tomorrow night's game, and that's how we'll play these games this weekend. You know,
1: I was asked Thursday on a radio show that I do, an interview I do every week, and I, and I borrowed your line again. I said, Coach talks about not having nine starters, you know, 14 or 15 possible starters. So I, I think, and we saw it last year, um, that, you know, depending on the weekend, depending on who was hot, depending who was on a streak, you you had no problem uh, mixing up the lineup and not saying that anything's in concrete. Uh, for the entire season.
3: Yeah, and and our players on this team have done a great job of becoming a team and not just accepting roles but embracing their roles and understanding that their role might look different from one day to the next and to be prepared to execute what our team needs to do for our team to win. And when you have players with that mature mindset, you know, kind of leading your group, it makes it a little easier to do that this way. And um, so I'm excited about our depth on the position player side. I think we have a few guys on the mound that can and will be better, and I think our best baseball is in front of us these next few weeks.
1: All right, fans, we heard it there. If you want to know if there's any changes, the only way you'll know is be at the box tomorrow night, be at the box this coming weekend, and the box next Tuesday. We'll take a break. We come back. Speaking of tomorrow night, we'll talk about the Demons when we continue after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network.
0: A look back. Then, a look ahead. Our weekly conversation on LSU Fighting Tiger baseball. This is the Jay Johnson Show, live from T.J. Rebs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Tomorrow night, chance to see the Tigers. And if you
1: haven't seen them in person, I certainly recommend you get out to the box. Uh, 6.30, first pitch. It'll be Northwestern State. Um, Coach, back at home a team that is currently just a couple of games uh, back of Southland leading Nichols. The Demons, about middle of the pack statistically, just a a, a brief glance today hitting ERA and fielding. Uh, But they are second in the league in home runs. they got 52 on the year. They're second in slugging percentage, pretty good fielding team overall. Um, Another team, obviously, from
3: in the state that's going to travel down, and they're going to be fired up to play the Tigers at the box. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, there are two weekends to go, and – in the, have a chance to win a conference championship and so uh, going through them a little bit today I got a lot more work to do tonight when I go home but uh, some familiar names you know we played them late in the year last year um, they do, do a good job it's consistently been a good program for a long time I mean some SEC coaches have come from there and uh, that are very well known and had great careers in the SEC and started at that program so it's a consistent winner and uh, they do a good job coaching and um, we expect a tough game tomorrow. I know every week you come in and you lay out
1: with uh, Coach Wes Johnson kind of a pitching plan, um, and I ask you coming off every weekend, regardless if it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Coming off this past weekend in particular, how does the pitching staff stack up as far as arms available tomorrow? Also knowing that uh, there's another very important set of games
3: coming up in the weekend. Well, we're going after to win the game tomorrow. Um, you know, th- we haven't lost two games in a row all year until this these two. So uh, we're going guns blazing with uh, – Pretty good stable of guys. I mean, I I told the team yesterday one of the things I said after Sunday was everybody minus, obviously, Paul, obviously, uh, Javon Coleman because we're working him back off the injury. Riley Cooper did a good job helping us save some pitching by extending a little bit uh, yesterday. And then Gidry you know, threw 60-something pitches yesterday. So those four are out. Everybody else is in, and we're going to win tomorrow night. All right. You know, I ask you every week, we got a starter. (laughs) I don't have theirs yet, so can't help you.
1: I got you. I got you. All right, again, fans, show up tomorrow night right before 630, get in your seat, and you'll find out. we got much more coming up. It's uh, one final segment with the coach, and uh, if uh, I'm nice, ask nicely. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the weekend coming up against Mississippi State. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back to wrap up this week's show after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network.
0: Time to put a wrap on this week's show. One final time, here's Chris and Coach on the Jay Johnson Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. Having another great time with Jay Johnson here at TJ
1: Ribs. Again, a reminder that uh, next Monday, final show of the season, LSU will be headed into the final regular season weekend. So hope you'll join us, uh, make plans to join us at 6 o'clock right back here at TJ Ribs. A couple of moments remaining. Uh, coach, obviously, Mississippi State's going to come in later this week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, disappointing year without question, but a team that celebrated a national title not too long ago, a historically proud program that has SEC talent here in 2023, a longtime rival with LSU, so nothing they would love more uh, beyond everything else, and I'm sure you'll scout on them. They'd love nothing more than to come in here and ruin the final regular season weekend at the box uh, for the Fighting
3: Tigers. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, they're still playing for something because they're trying to play to get into the SEC tournament and uh, need some wins over the last two weekends to be able to do that. Uh, It's Still talented players. You know, the team that we just struggled with, Auburn, a couple weeks ago, they went to Auburn and they lost two out of three also but played three really competitive games. They have a really good offense. Uh, They can score runs quickly. Uh, They have pitchers that have talented arms that maybe just haven't pitched well for one reason or another. They've had some injuries, much like everybody in the SEC or SEC West this year. Uh, So, again, whether you're playing Team 1 or Team 14, all these series in terms of what you need to do to be successful, it's exactly the same. And so I'm expecting a good weekend and a good challenge. I know your mind right now, as you mentioned in the last
1: segment, solely on Northwestern State and getting the team ready pulling all the levers, pushing the buttons that help LSU win tomorrow night. You'll have the full scout beginning on state probably following tomorrow night's game. Uh, But I thought it would be interesting, real quick, uh, just a couple of minutes here, like when tomorrow's game is over and LSU gets the win, that's me talking, uh, and then you turn the page to Mississippi State. How how do you – because Jamie Tetko, who we mentioned earlier in the show, he is amazing with the, the, the amount of analytics and information that he has. Walked up to him uh, when we were at Southeastern. I said, Jamie, I can't remember the last time Tommy hit a home run to left field. He gets, he only did it once. Now, that night he eventually hit his second, but he said only once. everything spent nine to right and five to center field. But what do you do uh, in preparation for – getting ready for a weekend series.
3: Yeah, a lot. I think uh, fans would be surprised if they peeled back the the curtain. And literally from the time Tuesday's game ends until the first pitch on Friday, you'll find me uh, three places. I'll either be on the phone talking with a recruit, I'll be on the practice field developing our team and our players, or I'll be watching video preparing for our opponent. And how that usually works is I'll watch the previous five SEC games uh, that the opponent we were playing has played go through their lineup to just get feel for who I don't want to beat us. Uh, I leave how we're going to pitch them to West, but I'll make my own notes so that when it comes to matching up or putting a pitcher in that I have a really good feel for that. When do they steal? When do they bunt? When do they hit and run? Where do they hit the baseball? And Mark Wanaka, who positions our defense, is absolutely the best in the country at doing that. He puts in a lot of work on his own. And then I'll go back and I'll watch – uh, the two starts of previous two starts of every pitcher that we're going to face, and the two uh, previous appearances, but everybody out of the bullpen, so that we have a pretty direct plan offensively of what we're going to do against each pitcher. And a lot of it, there's some crossover and the same, and we work on it before we even go into the season. But um, so our players have a pretty good idea of what we need to do to be successful in every area of the game, and uh, I wouldn't want them to feel like we didn't have every stone unturned in terms of how we can help them be successful in the game and it's been a good process and having Jamie and and Wes and Mark be good at the, their part and me doing my part i think it helps uh helps our players be in position to be successful.
1: I joke with uh, Coach all the time. I go into his office to to visit pre-game and, and his desk has these charts that looks like Mission Command of the Moon Landing, which I can't make heads or tail of. But uh, again, it's a lot of information and a lot of work you guys do prior to each game. Real quick before we go, I know there's some final touches uh, being placed on this, but I wanted to remind our fans. Uh, I believe LSU going to honor its seniors this coming weekend against Mississippi state. Want to remind fans to come out, show their appreciation for those who are playing their final sec weekend in the regular season at the box.
3: Yeah. And, uh, we'll probably honor more guys. It's a little confusing with the COVID of who we're honoring and not, but, uh, you know, Jack Merrifield, uh, Gavin Dugas and Cade Beloso, all three from Louisiana. They're very good baseball players that have contributed a lot to the program, but they're phenomenal human beings. And, uh, They've been exceptional at helping me get a foundation set here for what we want to do, obviously, for the rest of this season but in the in the future, and uh, it's going to be awesome to be able to honor those guys on Sunday.
1: All right, fans, get out there. It's going to be some great SEC baseball, and you get to honor really three. Great contributors to the Purple and gold, Coach, it's uh, always great to visit with you. Thanks as always. Best of luck the rest of this week, rest of the season. Look forward to seeing you at the box tomorrow night. Look forward to it. All right, fans, that's going to wrap things up for our show. Again, next week, the season finale of the Jay Johnson Show. will be right back here at TJ Ribs want to thank, as always, Head Coach Jay Johnson for his time. Of course, the great staff here at TJ Ribs, Our on-site engineer each week, Jeff Palermo, to my right. And tonight, our straw stirring the drink back at network control, Mr. Taylor Sharp. And as always, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for listening wherever you are. Uh, Join us this coming Monday, final time this season. Next week, same Tiger time, same Tiger channel. Until then, this is Chris Blair saying so long, everybody, and go Tigers.
0: The Jay Johnson Show, live from T.J. Ribs. Join us each Monday night at 7 for the latest on LSU Fighting Tiger Baseball.